0: Welcome to the Maple Grove Scripture Reading Podcast, Episode 18, Isaiah 40 through 66. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Scripture Reading Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Spencer. This week we're going to be finishing up our reading in the prophet Isaiah, and I've got just a few observations today about this section, so let's just jump right in and get to them. First, I wanted to talk about a passage that we read from chapter 44. Now, this section from chapters 41 through 47, they're described as like a trial where God is responding to claims that he has ignored and neglected Israel. Now, in this section, we see God respond by describing how he saved the Israelites from the Egyptians, among other things. And so in this passage in chapter 44, though, God is is talking about how he is the true God and these idols that people have been worshiping are absolutely worthless. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to read to you from verses 12 through 20. Let me read that. The blacksmith takes a tool And works it in the coals. He shapes an idol with hammers and he forges it with the might of his arm. He gets hungry and loses his strength. He drinks no water and grows faint. The carpenter measures with a line and makes it an outline with a marker. He roughs it out with chisels and marks it with compasses. He shapes it in the form of a man, of a man in all his glory, that it may dwell in a shrine. He cut down cedars, or perhaps took a cypress or oak. He let it grow among the trees of the forest, or planted a pine, and the rain made it grow. It is man's fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread. But he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. Half of the wood he burns in the fire, over it he prepares his meal. He roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, "'Ah, I am warm, I see the fire.' From the rest he makes a god, his idol. He bows down to it and worships. He prays to it and says, "'Save me, you are my god.' They know nothing. They understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds closed so they cannot understand. No one stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say, half of it I used for fuel. I even baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate. Shall I make a detestable thing from what's left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? He feeds on ashes, a deluded heart misleads him, he cannot save himself, or say, is this thing in my right hand a lie? The Lord goes into some pretty good detail here, explaining just how silly it is to worship something that a person made i mean these idols like he says they know nothing they see nothing they understand nothing because they're just inanimate objects they are are really just pieces of wood made into the shape of a of a, a like a perfect person and, and they call that a god that i mean that would be like me worshiping, you know, one of the toys I have on my desk or something, like my BB-8 toy. I mean, it's just dumb and and silly. And God follows this up with this next passage from chapter 44, verses 21 and 22. "'Remember these things, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel,' I've made you. You are my servant. O Israel, I will not forget you. I've swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Again, just a great reminder of the promise from the Lord to the Israelites that He created them and He will redeem them. Okay, the next section that stood out to me was in chapter 45. And in this passage, the Lord is described as as speaking to Cyrus, who is called his anointed, called God's anointed. And in verse 4, it says this, For the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you, he's talking to Cyrus, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. Now, Cyrus was the king of Persia who ruled from uh, 559 to 530 BC. Now, what I found interesting about this passage was that God was using someone and, and gave him a title of honor and called him his anointed, but he was using someone who wasn't Jewish to do something for his people. Now as I was reading through this I couldn't remember what Cyrus did but doing just a little bit of research looking up in an encyclopedia Cyrus uh, I found out that Cyrus allowed the Jews to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. We see this in 2nd Chronicles and in Ezra. So we we'll, we will see this uh coming up in the future. But what I found interesting I just I I really find it interesting that that somebody who wasn't an Israelite was was positively used by God for his people. I mean, we've seen God use other nations' leaders negatively for his people, um where where bad things happen or where like the the people of Israel were taken captive in in the exile, but I don't know that we often have seen a a positive use where there's really not any death or destruction or anything, but you have this leader in Cyrus who allows his allows the Israelites to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild their city and rebuild their temple. Now the next passage is from chapter 49 in verses 5 through 6. And let me read that to you here. Now, the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant and to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob, and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, here we are seeing the servant of the Lord, who we know is the messianic king. And God's telling him that he will not just restore the tribes of Jacob, but he will also be a light for the Gentiles, you know, non Jewish people, so that salvation will come to the ends of the earth. And again, I'm not sure that we've read anything quite like this, where it's just absolutely explicitly stated that the Messianic King will not arrive solely to save the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. I just wanted to point this passage out to you. Now, after we see this, Isaiah talks about how this servant of God, this Messianic King, will be rejected, he will suffer, and he will die. And I wanted to read that to you. It's in uh, chapters 52 and 53. It's uh, starting in verse 13 of chapter 52, where it says this, See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man, and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle many nations, and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For what they were not told, they will see... And what they have not heard they will understand. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people, he was stricken. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressions. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I recently read this in a sermon a few weeks ago. And the sermon topic, it was on Palm Sunday, and it was just talking about who Jesus really was. And as you read through this passage, as you read through this section of, of chapter 52 and 53 in Isaiah, I, I think you can't help but see Jesus in this passage. And so I just wanted to point that out one more time This as we read through this in our scripture. Because it's just so important to see something that that we we know will happen, but it's, it's a number of years before that. Finally this week, I wanted to pull out this passage from chapter 54, verses 9 and 10, where it says, To me this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I love this. What an amazing promise to his people. We've seen it all through our reading as we go through the Old Testament, but just as a reminder... This is amazing. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. Next week we're going to be doing a bit of rapid fire on some pre-exile prophets as we'll get through Hosea, Joel, and Amos. If you want to continue the conversation on today's episode, maybe there's something that you found interesting and maybe we didn't point it out or whatever, check it out on the episode 18 page at our website, Read Scripture. Thanks everybody so much for listening, and we will see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Maple Grove Christian Church Scripture Reading Podcast. You can find out more information about our church at our website at www.maplegrove.church. You can also follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MGCCBTown. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Music Store. Thanks again for listening.